Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. I'm speaking with Butchin today, who is someone that I met at my first summer solstice in New Mexico. We're going to talk about a lot of things, and I'm going to describe them coming shortly. But first, I want to remind you that it is really helpful in creating this podcast for y'all to rate the podcast and to leave comments because that drives up awareness about the podcast and tells the podcast algorithms that people are interested. So please remember to do that if you're enjoying this. So Butchin and I discussed so many things. It was like catching up with an old friend because we hadn't spoken in a long time, especially not since everything that's happened in the Kundalini Yoga world. And she, you know, decided to take her own path a few years ago, which I always really admired, but I had never really talked to her about. And we're going to talk about her new job as a learning consultant for an online homeschool where she is in, in Canada about, you know, the universal mystical approach that she takes, how all of this that is going on in 2020, you know, is part of this unveiling that's happening. And, um, also I ask her towards the end, you know, just how she is kind of processing and understanding this whole dynamic that's happening within the Kundalini Yoga world and how people are feeling about Yogi Bhajan and his teachings. So it was a really wonderful discussion and let's get into it. What are we looking at? You're looking at the amazing uh, Wolf Island, it's called, which um, is the Haudenosaunee um, Confederation. So like five different tribes, I think. I think it was the Onondaga people that were here a long time ago, but it's um, my ancestors. So this old house here, my great grandmother was born here. And, oh my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And so I feel really blessed because most of my, um, my relatives are all American and uh -huh. I'm in Canada in Ontario and they can't be here because of COVID. And I found myself a bit homeless during COVID. And so I've just came here for a month to, it's usually like not open this late cause it's like not winterized. So I'm just here for a month hoping that the weather doesn't freeze me and like working on music and stuff. Oh, and so okay. Yeah. So you're not Canadian, then you are. I am Canadian. Yeah, you are Canadian. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but most yeah. of your family, you said, is American. Yes, most of my family is American. Yeah, yeah. My great grandmother, her family, they were American, but they were given land in Canada. They were loyalists, I guess, to the Queen, like back in the day, um, and so they were given land here. Um, but yeah, my parents are from the United States, but they met in Canada when I was like, when they were in their twenties separately, they were in Canada for different reasons. And so my whole family was brought up in Canada and I'm Canadian, but like I have American ancestors. So I'm kind of mixed. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's funny. My brother is actually in Canada right now. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So I, I can't see him until further notice. He wants to. Oh yeah. <laughs> a resident there. Oh, totally. Where, what part of Canada? Uh, Vancouver. So he's oh, nice. I'm in Washington. Yeah. He's like two hours away. 
<laughs> but, <Aww>. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't see him. It's free. Well, you know what you can do? I don't have like the little picnic distracting. Yeah. (laughs) The topic, but it is actually a really good story. I'll try to make it really quick. You can go to that park and I crossed the border actually. And I was like, what are all these tents? I'm like, what is going on? Because it was the only, I was the only car in the whole border crossing lineup. And I was like, what is going on? As these people, they get turned away or they're like homeless or they're kind of like refugees, sort of like they don't, they're staying there and I asked the border guard and they're people having sex (laughs) (laughs) they're couples that are cross-border couples and they are allowed to go visit for a day and he's like we just leave them alone let their emotions run wild and I was like that's so cute oh my gosh what's that what's that called in in conjugal visits (laughs) yes it's a conjugal visit I guess you can have a whole day's worth of conjugal visiting Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Very romantic and sweet. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I almost, I almost crossed the border by accident when we were staying in Blaine, Washington, once. Oh wow! And I was just like sort of wandering around. I didn't realize we were so close to the border, and I came back, and they were like, "Oh yeah, if you had gone a little further, you know, border patrol would have come." Oh, (laughs) hilarious! There's no signs. Yeah, people just have to chill. It's pretty chill. Yeah. So, so you're in Washington. Cool. What's that? You're in Washington. Yeah, yeah. I moved here in December. Okay. I really like it. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Well, I feel like everything is new with you. Are am, are we calling you Butchin or Madeline? Uh, you can call me Butchin still. Okay. I, I mean, either one, but I use both and I have for a long time so nothing's really changed mm-hmm. there but um most of like the musical world knows me as butchin and most okay. people call me butchin but my family calls me madeline and i love madeline and everything it's all good so when you release music you still release it as butchin yes, yes. yep it's under butchin core um but i am definitely having contemplations about things now uh-huh. with everything happening with 3ho uh, whether I feel okay about doing that anymore, I'm not sure. So I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know yet. Yeah. What, I mean, I've always wanted to have another artist name for um, other art that I do, but I've, it's you know, as an artist, once your name's kind of out there, that's how people find you. And so I don't really know if it's worth the hassle, to be honest. Um, and and it's okay. Like I can find peace in it all, but. Um, at the same time, yeah. I don't know if we want to talk about that now or not, yeah. but that's... Well, what, whatever you want to talk about. I mean, I don't have an agenda. I just thought it would be fun for people to hear what you're up to and yeah. get to know you in this way. <laughs> that, was sort of, that was my idea for the podcast in the beginning because I, I would have these really cool conversations with, you know, other musicians at festivals or, like, you know, backstage or whatever. And yeah, like... These are such great conversations, and it's not the kind of stuff that people will talk about between songs, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I just felt like people would be interested in hearing it, and it seems like they are. So, um, cool. Yeah, we can talk about whatever you, whatever you want. Um, I've been going through the the name change kind of dilemma thing. Mine, I'm kind of over the idea of like people not being able to find me. I'm like, uh, people will find me. Somebody told me that too. And I was like, yeah, people will find me. The, the thing that 
I'm, I'm about to release something under Sirgan Carr because I have a, someone that I collaborate with. And I was like, you know, it's really not fair to you if I use my, you know, the name that nobody knows me as yet. Yes. <laughs> um, to, because, because you're collaborating with me because right. I have a following. So I'll use that name when I collaborate with you until, um, you know, until people start catching on. Um, yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of what I'm doing, but yeah, it's a big decision. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It is a big decision. I mean, it is and it isn't. It's like, I've never made music with the intention of it being like how I made a living or how anything like that. And mm -hmm. um, so in some sense, it really doesn't matter. The, the thing of uh, losing your reach because of your name changing and people basically not really finding your new music. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I also feel the blessing of like um, it being able to, f to find more people. And if that like umbrella and, and veins and avenues are all like open already, then it sort of like um, allows it to flow more. Or yeah. Yeah. And you, you have two artist names anyway, right? Because you have like Butch and Carr and, and Butchin, or at least you did when I. An accident. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I wanted, I wanted to just have it as Butchin, but then my other things, I don't know. It was just something in the process was Butch and Carr. So then I was like, I just have to make a choice here. Same thing of like just choosing something. And at that time, I think I chose that. As a combination of, because for me, like the name means princess of promise. That was the literal translation that I got. And I really feel it in the full name, like Bachinkor. And it feels like my, um, I want to say duty, but that's not the right word. But it's like this, um, it's like being this mouthpiece of promise for the people mm -hmm. and somehow that the car part like put it in that place of like my role sort of and so I felt good about that and then I also felt like then people you know that were looking through for music through yoga they could eat more easily identify with that versus butchin could get like mm -hmm. much more lost because there's so many butchins and it's a whole nother world of music and genre and everything so anyhow yeah i but i do have releases under both and and um yeah yeah <laughs> matters and it doesn't yeah. but it is a big choice and I try not to like think about it too much but it's a real thing you know and your our names and mm -hmm. and uh yeah yeah but I did feel because I've always released um or not always but I have released music very true to my heart and very um in different genres and different um, ways and uh, for a while I was like can this still be Butchinkor because it's not really it's not Kundalini yoga music and it's not whatever and and I'm like yes this is me as the princess of promise this is what I do like and, right. and that that feels more liberating hopefully to others as well that it's like not about Kundalini yoga or yoga or anything just soulful um, sounds 
and um, songs of the heart. And so I don't know. But yeah, I don't know what I will do next. Right now I'm just waiting. Yeah. Have you been recording? Because you said you've been using it as your little music hub, this ancestral home. Yeah. Yeah. So I just got here and um, my computer died as soon as I got here. So I'm on a borrowed laptop. Oh yeah, it does say my name. I was going to say I'm probably under my cousin's name. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I am, um, I have, uh, my computer is filled with many albums in the works uh. and it's, they've been in the works for many years. It's kind of like how I work. There's always lots and like every day there's new songs and I'm kind of sometimes like, go away. I need to deal with all the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> and so kind of this time right now, I'm um, splitting between editing music. Um, I just got my new computer just came in the mail today. Hallelujah. So yeah, I will be diving into editing um, basically kind of older music, but that's been waiting for me. Mm -hmm. And I've been off grid a lot and out of power for many months. So now I'm going to dive into editing world and then, um, yeah, and I'm kind of contemplating recording a really lo-fi country album while I'm here because I have a lot of these like whole other genre of songs that they're just there. I don't know who, what they are. And they just come to me and I'm like, I want to do something with them. So I think I'll just do like a really um, simple yeah, little project along the side of the more complicated things I'm working on. Cool. Well, it's yeah. nice that your music didn't get lost when you said that at first. I was like, oh no, did it? Oh, no. I know. Well, some of it, <laughs> some of the recent stuff, yeah. but um, not all the way, just like edits. I just have to yeah. review stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. yeah. 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 I lost my phone last year. Like right after we went on this trip, I went on this big European trip and, and my phone just, and I lost, I lost everything on my phone. I was like, oh. well, I guess they didn't need it. <laughs> but, yeah. But it's nice that we get, to, we'll get to hear your music. I'm glad about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild. I, but just today, my really good friends, um, they lost their homes in Oregon just now. And oh, because of the fires. Yeah. Yeah. And like stuff like that, right? It's like, oof. yeah. Yeah. I feel like On I, I was thinking about this with the, with the virus and with, you know, things being it's almost like, you know, when you have like a snow day or like a sick day or something where it's like an occasion where you let yourself off the hook yes, you know? or, or you could, depending yep. on your personality, I guess. But I feel like this, this whole period is just sort of this period where we all get to go like, all right, I can't maintain this, you know, uh, what would be the word this like un unrealistic you know lifestyle like I can't yeah. maintain this anymore and it's so totally. obvious now you know totally. and I yeah. get to maybe lean on other people for support and I get to see you know um other things that are that are out there besides like I don't know everyone out for themselves and like drive drive drive, drive forward drive, you know? yeah yeah absolutely absolutely mm -hmm. yeah it really is and seeing that 
part of ourselves like I'm curious what you're like but I I don't know I can't help it and like I said I wish I could turn it off sometimes but like as a whatever whoever I am there's like constant flow of creativity that has like a forward momentum to it and like this drive and and um desire to get out into the world and to be shared and and it's like these things and and I feel responsible for that energy and I like want to caretake it and put it out into the world and and I'm driven by it and then at the same time it doesn't it doesn't belong to me it's just happening and I actually spend a lot of time and I spend a lot even more time now not doing that and just kind of being and just being and letting like kind of the Tibetan Sen mandala you know like like mm. working on things that don't have a, a form and a product and are just songs in the wind you know and and mm -hmm. uh, things and and yeah just watching that part of us that like needs to like to do and create and progress and move forward and and it it's healthy and great and feels exciting and it does make a difference and it reaches people and everything and so I'm aware of that and I like love it and want to do it but I also am like okay take a chill pill it's all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that I, I think on a subtler level too though like even those kinds of creations the ones that people don't end up seeing are affecting Perhaps. the collective you know yeah so, but that, I mean, you have, I've always really loved your artwork too. So do you, are you like doing a lot of that as well along, along with the music or? Thank you. Yeah, that, that's actually um, what I'm doing mostly right now. Like I feel responsible to like, my music and I've got to like <laughs> take care of it. And I do really, really love it. Um, but I really love painting and i always did as a young person and i kind of put it on hold quite a bit when i focused on music a lot because i felt like music was like my spiritual calling mm -hmm. and i um took that to heart and i gave a lot of my energy to it and um constructed my lifestyle around it and it wasn't very conducive to painting um and it's not a big money making thing and so i i just kind of it was sort of on pause but always with this like prayer for it that like one day i would be um financially and earthly stable and flowing enough to then like get back to painting just for painting's sake and i'm starting to get there and i'm like starting to paint more and it feels so good like that's actually mostly what i'm doing here is painting and then i work online also with um teenagers like as a teacher kind of consultant person oh, and nice. uh, yeah and so i'm kind of merging between those things of like work-wise of like painting and music and um working with young people and yeah I just love painting very much and I want to do more and more of it and I'm I'm really uh the plan this for this year was to find and like build and start my art and music studio in my like simple humble home situation but it's not quite there yet with um 
everything happening but that that's really like what brings me so much peace and joy and I just like I'm so excited to one day actually have like a studio or I don't have to put everything away and I can come back to it and I can paint big things and I can paint little things and and um yeah it's it's a, a worship you know of life I love it do you still sell artwork through your website I, I will be I haven't been focusing on it um and people ask and I I mostly give it away to be honest most of the art I'm making right now because it's watercolors which I kind of shifted into because of travel and so they're small things and um I've mostly just been like giving them making them for people as I've been moving around and stuff but I am going to start a store uh where I'm gonna like properly um document and scan everything so I can sell them um just like both originals originals I mostly sell to people and I do do that still um but also uh online I want to sell just like prints and cards and simple things and just like in an easy way like through where they can print on demand so I don't have to have all the stock like I used to do that and have stock of all this stuff but it's just hard and like traveling around and everything and so I'll just kind of join with one of those online stores where they can people can buy whatever they want to if they want yeah yeah and then I will sell originals as I make uh more and more stuff but that seems to go to either gifts or um people in person that I know and they're like I want that and then I it's for them yeah (laughs) yeah I think that's so I ended up with this um the cover of Joni Mitchell's first album you know song to a seagull and I think she gave that away to somebody and they mm-hmm. ended up auctioning it. My dad bought it for like a couple hundred dollars at some no. point. And I'm just thinking about it because it's, it's so, it, it, it's so amazing. And I'm sure this will happen to you because they're, your paintings are just gorgeous. But yeah. I, I ended up being able to sell this thing for an absurd amount of money considering what my dad awesome. bought it for. <laughs> it wasn't that I wanted to get rid of it, but I felt like I, I had enjoyed it enough. Yeah. And I was getting a divorce mm-hmm. and it, it was like the reason that I was able to, you know, to do it. Like, I what a gift. <laughs> and, and what was so beautiful about it is that it went to this woman who had had an, a pregnancy that she put up for adoption. She put the child up for the son, her son up for adoption that same year that Joni Mitchell um, released that album. And that was also Joni Mitchell's story where she had a baby and she gave up the baby. And so it went to this woman who was oh my God. for her son. Yeah. She was going to leave it to him in her will. I, I, was, I was just like, how perfect is this? <laughs> like, oh it was just the most, it, it, it helped, you know, it's like everybody was, was touched by this piece of art. Um, oh, wow. Anyway, I, wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. How did you find the woman? Or she find you or whatever? She, there's a, so Joni Mitchell, I don't think has an official website. The, the JoniMitchell.com is run by someone else. Okay. And he has this whole community of people who um, are art collectors, some of them are for her, for her works. Cause yeah. you don't get you did. Up no, awesome. often, I guess. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that'd be kind of, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's very beautiful. Um, painting and art and <laughs> what I was kind of thinking, but I, I, I don't even know how to say it, is that like, I hope that somehow the paintings could like make a lot of money now to pay people like my friends that just lost their homes, you know, like right. I wish somehow right. I could just be like, here, have <laughs> this, this mil thousands of dollars, you know, right. right. One day. Yeah. Like, well, and I was also thinking about that too, that so many of the painters that we, you know, revere now, like in their times, their paintings were valueless and now oh, they like, are worth, you know, it's, yeah. it's a crazy, it is. crazy phenomenon, the appreciation that we don't have while yeah. they're living. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. kind of comical, but understandable. I mean, people don't have, like, it's only really wealthy people that can do that you know and most people they appreciate art mm -hmm. but you can't pay for it like right. you got to pay for your groceries and like your kids school and like right. important stuff not that art's not important but like it yeah. just makes sense and then it's the people that have like a lot of money that that can because they're buying it as like either something really meaningful like your friend that woman's case but more often not like status or whatever mm -hmm. I, I don't know anyhow so well, <laughs> and, and I was I was uh I'm reading a book about Mary Magdalene right now it's so oh. the, the third one it, it's a it's, it's like a it's like a, a fiction that's based on the secret society heresy. what's it called I, I might have read it uh so the first one's the expected one yeah. So Did you read that trilogy? It's so good. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so, I, so I was listening to. Although this. I don't know if I read all three, I think I just read the first two. Oh, okay. So last one's called the Poet Prince, and that's what I'm on, and it's about the Medici. The but anyway, they were they were huge patrons of the arts, I guess. Yeah. And I was thinking about that, how like people who had a ton of money, and it might have been for status reasons, or they might have had some other reasons, but yeah. they would, you know, they commissioned all these amazing arts but like other people got to enjoy them it wasn't just yep. necessarily for their like private collections yeah that's true it'd be really cool if people did that <laughs> i know and some do you know it's absolutely yeah. some people totally do yeah 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 what, i'm curious i'm so curious about your work with teenagers how did you get into doing that oh well um so, to be honest, as a musician, as I'm sure you know, it's a challenging path, um, especially financially. Uh, and also, I mean, I, I don't know how, like, personal to get on this. I'm like, I want to talk to you about your divorce. Oh, my God. But, you like, know, as a I'm single, pretty, I think I, I probably said it already, so you can, you can feel free to. Well, as a single woman. Yeah you know it's also very challenging period but definitely um to make a living as an artist is a whole journey and so um i'm very committed to that path and i was like i need to do something else for money so that i can really be true to my prayer in my heart of my art and not start to get into the like what do I have to do to make money situation mm -hmm. 
And so I decided to go to back to school and I got my master's in art education because I love art. And I was like, and it was actually a way for me as an artist to focus on painting. <laughs> it was amazing. But, um, and then I realized well, this isn't totally practical because mostly as like with your master's in art education, you can like work at a university, which there are less of. And I was like, mm -hmm. I think I'm just going to get my teaching degree, my like normal thing. And so I did. And I got my teacher's degree and I knew I probably wouldn't do great in the school system, but I was like, it's just a good option to have. And it could be a way I could work part-time maybe and like make enough money. It's an integrity with myself and it would feel okay. And, um, so I, and I tried that for a while. I was a substitute teacher uh, I, I stopped traveling around as much and I lived in one place and I like was teaching in the school system on Vancouver Island and it was so hard like I have such respect for teachers and um, I just I could do it which was empowering and like beautiful and I learned so much and it's so humbling and like sweet in so many ways but um, I didn't have time to do music and art and I and it like killed me like I literally got so depressed and I was just like couldn't feel I just didn't feel good and I was like okay I can't do this and I had like more money than I've ever had in my life and I was like but I don't care like it doesn't matter and not at all that it was a lot of money but it was like normal people money not like yeah. traveling whirling dervish living <laughs> off celery money and um <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh so then what oh but then um part of what made me get the teaching degree was I had some friends in my master's program that their siblings worked at this thing called self-design which is like an online school basically for um kind of like homeschool oriented um people or families or people that just don't fit well in the system for whatever reason or they want to design their own kind of schooling and so it's kindergarten to grade 12 and I applied and so for the past two years this is my second year I've been working just part-time with this um, through this school it's just an independent school and I work you work one-on-one -on -one with learners and that's what I found I really liked like I had a counseling gig for a while in the high schools and that felt really good like more one-on-one -on -one, like human personal stuff and less um, content because I'm not like mm -hmm. a content teacher person and um, yeah so that's kind of what I do now I work one-on-one -on -one with um, teens and just supporting them getting through their high school um, curriculum that is all online and they have like other kind of more teacherly people and I'm more of a, a learning consultant I'm called and so I I support them and really what I feel like I do, I'm like their cheerleader, you know, and I help them like see themselves and reflect. It's kind of like being a life coach almost for teens, you know, okay. um, but also really doing a lot of like practical kind of paperworky, all the ticking, all the boxes of like what you need to do to get through high school. Um, so yeah, it's a real gift. Like I feel so fortunate, uh, especially right now to be able to be working part-time online and doing something that like feels good to my heart and feels in alignment with like things I care about and supporting young people's creativity and stuff. So it's, that's a real gift. It's awesome. That's so cool. And yeah. are they all based in Canada? 
yeah, this school is, and I'm sure there's all kinds of other, there are all kinds of other things, but the school I work for is, it's in British Columbia specifically. So it's like a British Columbian independent school called self so cool. Yeah. Cool. Did it used to be always online or was there like a hub before coronavirus or? No, I think it's always been an online school, but they do have like in-person things. Like they have camps. They're actually about to have a music camp, um, which will be online, but they used to have like four or five camps throughout the year that learners from all over the province could gather together and like go to and stuff. And like also things, I have a feeling it was started because I was talking to some of the kind of old timer people in the organization. And I think it was started like super grassroots, like a bunch of friends in a year kind of situation, probably like, and now it's a lot bigger, but um, yeah. And I think they used to have like big gatherings and like really delve into the philosophy and all this stuff. Cause it's a little bit, I don't want to say Waldorfy, but in a, in a way that it has its own sort of like, philosophy about learning and about like the spiral of learning and development and that kind of stuff which is like in it and not in it it's also just kind of um pretty basic too yeah yeah I love that I've noticed that if you want to be legitimate you sort of have to have like your own words <laughs> and your yeah. own you know like your, your own diagrams and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. interesting it is do you do any teaching stuff? Well, so I did, I got into kind of a similar thing. Um, not, not for, uh, teenagers. That's like hero's work. Like, good for you. Oh, <laughs> I barely survived being a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. no, I, I got into coaching. So okay. I, yeah. So I, I, I do like, um, uh, life, you know, spiritual life coaching. I've done it my, in my own program. And then, you know, with, with another person, I'm kind of, I think I'm kind of phasing out of that and I might be doing my own thing again, but yeah, it, it was sort of a similarization. It's like, you know, I don't want to put the financial pressure on my creativity. Yeah. Um, I would rather, and, and also just the valuation of it. I was actually talking to another visual artist yesterday. I was saying like, it's so, it's, it's so amazing to me how like with a piece of art, you can be like, that's worth $5,000 or that's worth $5, you know, but yeah. it's like this CD, no, this CD is worth $15. Like, it, yeah. doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter how much money I spent on it or time I put it. No. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, I mean, there, that'd be, obviously there's other ways to make money as a musician, but I, I, I just didn't, I, I didn't like the idea that I was starting to look at my music as like a revenue generating thing. Like I just kind of wanted it to sustain itself. Yeah. Um, and just make from your, yeah. just make and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and if it, you know, I'm totally happy for it to make tons of money, but I, I didn't want to do it for that. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So, so the coaching seemed like a good, um, a good thing. And I mean, now it's great. I'm sure you're feeling the same way like everything's online anyway so yeah I know I feel yeah. fortunate that's for sure yeah yeah it's a nice, yeah. nice transition as long as you have power and internet which is yes and a computer sometimes you, do, sometimes you don't and a computer yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, exactly so how 
do you do you mind talking about like how you're kind of processing because I, I know a lot of people have reached out to me after listening to my podcast and they've been like and I didn't realize this because I didn't mean to kind of help people process their kundalini yoga trauma but um but that's sort I guess that's it's kind of helpful for people to listen to you know how we're so good. kind of digesting the information and you know how it's affected you or absolutely so just dive in is there any specific thing you want to know or? no well whatever you know like what what's going on in your in your mind around around all of this i guess well um yeah i i feel like with many i think probably with everyone but i'll just speak for myself it's a uh, evolutionary and ever-changing experience you know and with it as it is like with any kind of loss and real like hard thing that that you go through in life and um when i first found out i was actually teaching at a retreat in Guatemala and um, and personally myself uh, as a human I practice a lot of things and have for a long time and always had a very universal and mystical heart-based approach to life and to God and to nature and to people and religions and all the things and um, and then my my actual practice has been evolving for many years of and includes many things and isn't very rigid um or very kundalini yoga contained and i've felt not um, myself in that container for like a long time and i've i've done my own thing kind of but always appreciated and enjoyed both the effects of kundalini yoga on my own like being but more than anything of uh, the actual like friendships and the the love energy created through the gatherings that we've mm -hmm. had mm -hmm. and those i've cherished and i and i will forever um but all that to say i when i heard about um basically i guess the the when Pamela released her book, uh, which I haven't read the book yet. Mm -hmm. And um, when, when that happened, I was offline and off grid in Guatemala for two months, teaching actually at a retreat, a sound healing retreat. And they had asked me to teach Kundalini Yoga specifically. And I was kind of like, okay, cool. It's not my only, my main thing that I do, but I'll, I'll be happy to like pass that on and share it. And so we had like a very fun, playful, um, beautiful sadhana together and everything. And when the news kind of came out, we were, I, I and us were in such a like universal um, divine space of practicing like many practices from many traditions and many sounds and sacred um, music um, as well as like working with cacao from the earth and like many things and so when it happened at first I was like you know it didn't affect um, 
my experience of the yoga itself at first, I was like, that's, I was a not surprised because I'd always figured there was something weird going on. Um, but I was also, and I also never had Yogi Bhajan as like a guru or like a person that I worshiped or like whatever. So that part was like kind of not that intense at first. And, and I right away told the people I was with, like, this is happening in our community and all of these um, stories are coming out of sexual abuse and of power abuse and the financial abuse and all kinds of things coming out. And these are people just starting Kundalini Yoga for their first time, you know, and I was like, I want you to know about this. And um, really, like the whole time already, it was like, just about their experience and, and everything as an experiment. Like, I feel like that's what we are as yogis, you know, we're like experimenting with everything and seeing what it does. And so at first, I was just kind of like, okay, and then I'll deal with this when I get back into the internet because I wasn't able to like really read stuff. It was just kind of the internal feeling. And I was like, this is just a purification like it is on the entire planet of all of the shit that's been going on and the imbalance with the masculine and the feminine energy of the planet and how we don't understand it still. And we've basically been raping the earth and raping all this stuff and all about all the religions and like the divine feminine and this is part of that unveiling and part of that healing and part of that um coming to terms within all of our structures and all of our institutions and all of our belief systems and it's part of our purification and learning curve was like how i first felt about it and so i was very actually happy kind of that it was all coming out but very sad for the people involved, but like happy that we're going to let go of all the, the false things that are, are not true and are keeping people away from their power and from their innate perfection and beauty and everything. And, and also just within the yoga, like in our community, kind of clearing things like the Phoenix, you know, but then um, when I got online and I started to read the actual stories, then it was like a whole nother level. And then I couldn't as neutrally relate to the practices themselves anymore. Like I started to practice and I just felt like gross and like angry and upset and like yucky and and not sure like I I was like do I it can I let me just experiment like can I still chant Om Namo Gurudev and like feel okay and I still do I like I'm I'm experimenting with it all and um what do I want to say I guess different things but two things that I want to make sure I not forget is talking about like the um the actual essence of our relationship with tools with spiritual tools and what that is but and then the um how do we deal with what's happened that's wrong on the earth and i've always been confused since i've been a little kid of like what is evil on the earth and like how can anything be evil if everything's god and everything's divine and like i would think about like people making really powerful 
horrible decisions in the world that affected a lot of people. So like as a young person and thinking about like politicians, let's say as a most specific example. And I was like, how can they sleep at night? And what is happening? Like what's happening inside of them? Because they're God and everything is God and everything is one. And so there's not really an evil. And it's like this confusing thing. And I still grapple with it. And with Yogi Bhajan as an example, it's like, but that's not okay. Like regardless of whether it's never okay and all of the racism and all of the sexual abuse and all of the power abuse and all of the killing of indigenous people all over the world and claiming our belief systems, one belief system is better than another and taking advantage of the earth and like all these things, they're not okay. And maybe they're still God, whatever force is moving that thing, but like we have to change it. And so how do we have like that consciousness of oneness and compassion and kindness yet like change the course of how we evolve and like stop doing the shit that is hurting us and that is hurting each other and that is living off the false thing that one person is better than another or one gender is better than another and able to take advantage of someone and and I don't know because I do have compassion it's like easy I think in some ways for people to fall into weird power things and things that they go into but it's never an excuse and like the same when like we have a lot of trauma in our background it can be very understandable why we behave in certain ways but it's never an excuse still it's still not okay and so um but I still don't know how to deal with it like how do you make it clear that it's not okay and how do you stop it and heal it and make it better and I think all is just like we all have our own ways to do that and we have our own ways to do it inside of ourselves and and for the people around us that we care about and like for some people the world at large like that's their main calling you know to like really do some big moves and stuff um but yeah it's a, it's a really big it's a challenging dance to like have the the discernment and strength and warrior like spirit to like stop things and then also have the like oneness and the harmoniousness and the kindness and the healing and not like anger and judgment and everything and the reality though is that they're all okay and there's many layers and so I guess personally I'm finding I'm going through many layers and I'm just um like letting it be like that and um and I just feel a lot of compassion and um the biggest thing has been like grief for people all people I mean losing anything is is hard slash liberating and um losing your faith in like a spiritual anything that gave you comfort before to have that um 
betrayal and like that become not something you can reach to anymore for a source of solace and like um, wholeness is very sad. It's very sad. And so I feel really sad for us um, as a community, um, for individuals within that community in the different ways they were involved personally or impersonally with things. And yeah, it just, it's sad. I'm sad solstices. Like those are some of the highest, most beautiful moments of my life have been at solstices, you know, and, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, and, and, and it's also not uncommon. It's happened in almost every, in its own ways, in every spiritual tradition. And it's insane. Mm-hmm. And so that's the part I'm excited about. I'm like, well, we better be freaking figuring out something new, you know. But it's like, whew, yeah. So I don't well, know. I- I love what you, what you said too, about the essence of our relationship. I take notes. Um, the essence of our relationship with spiritual tools. I mean, I think that that just speaks volumes in terms of what you just said. Like mm-hmm. we, yes, it's lovely to have something that you can lean to for comfort and solace at the same time. It's illusory. Yeah. And when it's taken away, you find out you're all you're left with anyway. So you better get comfy in that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally. Totally. And that's what is um, exciting. You know, it's exciting. And, and I have um, been guided for a long time to think, like, think about that. It was actually when my mom died. That's what first made me like, am I kind of needing to have all these practices and all this stuff to like be okay? And are they just another form of like escaping the suffering of being a human, you know, and, and then started to practice a lot more the acceptance of our suffering and the acceptance of what is and less like trying to transform the energy and like Mm -hmm. everything. And, and it's, but it's like a whole mixture of all of that. And, um, I just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary for, for all of us, I think, in our own ways, not to have anything to hold on to and to have, like, things become very opposite of what you think they are is a very disorienting mm-hmm. experience. And But at the same time, it's very unifying and liberating because it really shows us exactly what you said, that all you have is you, you know, and all we have is us and this and and, you know, when I go down that route, sometimes I'm like, I don't even need to do anything. Like, really kind of any practice. And then I'm like, well, what do I want to do, though? Like, yeah. what do I like doing? And that's what I do. Like, and that's what I have done for a long time. And you kind of, it's like learning what things bring us joy, you know? And, but then it's it's being having the awareness because anything can become like a ritual or become a habit and some things are good to be have as habits and good to have as rituals and yeah I don't know it's something I think a lot about and 
I don't like think a lot about it, but I, I experiment with and um yeah. But sound as a sound person and you hello little one. <laughs> I'm I've been muting they they keep coming in and out. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Who's that? That's Prembayant. That's did did you meet my my youngest? I don't think I ever did. No. Okay. Yeah. I I think maybe the last time I saw you, I, I may not have, or maybe I was pregnant. But maybe. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Her name. Prembayant. Oh, that, and that is Prembayant. Okay. Yeah, he's Prembayant. The, the older one is Amrit Unter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and they both have no choice. Those are their names. <laughs> That's their names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, I remember, actually, the last time I saw you was at Harpal's house, and I can't remember if it was the visit where you had completed the hummingbird mural or if it was the one after. Well, that Harpal. I was like, Harpal in New Mexico. Okay. No. Yeah, the one in Phoenix. Uh. And I remember you saying something about how the, like, you were just more, you were, be, you were more interested in, um, I can't remember the exact words, but something like, I, I, you were interested in, in the divine feminine, that there wasn't a lot of like femininity in Sikhism and in Kali. And, and I remembered, I, it was interesting. I remembered like knowing what you were talking about and feeling that too, but like, I just hadn't gotten what I needed to, I think from mm -hmm. that experience yet. And I was like, you know, surely there, there must be, <laughs> you know, something like, cause, cause I remember one of the, I remember one of the, the catch, the catchphrases or like the, the, uh, uh, the responses to that was like, well, who do you think gave birth to all the gurus? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, but no one ever talks about them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They are the exalted invisibles. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, majorly. Yeah. I was always, I couldn't, I couldn't surrender to that whole world and life view. Like, thank God I was raised by kind of a feminist and she like couldn't handle the church, you know? And so yeah. I was like, yeah. And Mary Magdalene, right? Like, and, and that's my name, Madeline. Like that's mm. where she comes mm -hmm. from. And yeah, it's our, that's what's happening. One of the many things, but that's a essential thing that I feel is happening right now is um, we're being asked to look at the way of however you want to call it, but like the she and the the nature, you know, and the mother and the, the feminine energy. And um, yeah, and that's like, for me, brings so much I'm never turned away you know when I relate to <laughs> the divine as feminine I'm like why don't I do that all the time and then I'm like everything's always all right like you just go and connect with nature and it's like oh my god it's perfect you're perfect like it's such an embrace whereas the feeling like I have to change something and I have to do something in order to be like something 
you know, in this whole, like, even the upward energy of, like, the Kundalini and all of this stuff, it's, like, yeah, that's for a long time been been a journey of mine of, like, and that's what that mural is about, right? It's, like, unifying the 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 earth and the heavens and the divine feminine and masculine and that it and you know and and we there's talk about it in kundalini yoga but the way it it unfolded into like human reality is kind of bonkers and i remember mm-hmm. going to to new mexico for my first time when i first was just like having all these internal like amazing experiences and then go down there and I like saw the way the culture like had unfolded and I was like this is so weird I'm like this is not what but I was like the experiences I had through the yoga itself and through the sound current and through the community was so sublime and beautiful that I was like okay well I'm just not really going to engage in this and I'm just going to be me but I'm going to receive the blessing of what's inside this container and and so that's kind of what I've been doing forever but now it's like become to the point of like geez like we have to like not like fight against it but sort of like deal with it like before I could kind of just be like okay well people are just them and I'm me and it's okay and now it's a bit different than that mm-hmm. yeah you know it's I don't know that I was ever like consciously aware of the dichotomy between what we were supposedly doing as women and what we were actually doing as women. I mean, I felt, I felt like I'm, sometimes I just, I have such strong like emotions within myself that it's difficult for me to sort of understand what's actually going on. But I remember feeling so much like, wait, but this feels so Mm, this feels so backwards, but I think I was just so curious, like from a very early age, I was so curious about being part of a organization because my parents were very anti-organization. Oh, wow. <laughs> my parents were very, my parents were very anti any sort of stability. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was like by design or that's just how the life worked out. But, you know, I, I, I moved around a lot and I, I, they weren't interested in religion or anything like that. And I remember going to church with my friend and I'd be like, oh, this feels so safe and warm and fuzzy. And oh. I don't agree with half of what you're saying here, but I'm willing to nod my head and go like, isn't this wonderful? <laughs> you know? <Snuggle> up. <laughs> we want that you know we want family and safety and like coziness and belonging of course yeah totally and I mean that's pretty much what not only religion but certainly religions and other organizations like there's always we're all like complete snowflakes like we know that every single being is like a totally unique manifestation of God and yet we want to share and we want to connect and we want to we want to collectivize our like worship and like our experiences and stuff and so it yeah there ends up being all this like okay I don't really believe in that or I don't feel the same about that but I'm willing to come and nod my head anyway like you said and for the for that gift and that's okay you know it's okay but it's not okay if it's perpetuating some crazy ass shit that's hurting people then right 
Right. Which was the piece that I think we were maybe missing (laughs) in that. And some people weren't, you know, I can't, I, it, I've had conversations with people like, oh yeah, I knew about that for years. I'm like, really? Wow. So, so amazing. Um, but yeah, I didn't. And, uh, I wondered. Yeah. And I think I, I think I was willing to sort of like not engage you know, whereas there may have been conversations that, I, and I just, for whatever reason, was like, well, that's gossip, or that, I don't know. I, yeah, totally. Yeah. Part of the culture. I remember having, when I went through teacher training, I was very, I didn't agree with a lot of the stuff, and I felt really weird about it, but it was that situation where, like, the gifts I was getting were so special that I was like, it's okay. I'm going to keep going through it. And, um, and I had doubts about Yugi Bajin, which I think most, many people did and do. Um, and then I had a dream about him and he was in this tent, like an actual like camping tent and women were lined up outside of the tent and going in the tent. And I knew he was in there and I couldn't see him or what was happening in the tent. And I just assumed he was having unhealthy sexually sexual experiences with these women. And then eventually, I don't remember, how, I guess I was in the line and I don't remember, but I was like going into the tent and I went in and actually what he was doing was washing their feet. Huh. He was washing all of their feet and blessing them. And at that moment, I kind of, it gave me this piece where I was like, okay, like my mind could go there that there could be something like some weird motive that he's got going on or something. But actually that's just like my mind kind of um, being uh, whatever, making up stuff or like trying to protect, but actually really his highest um prayer is that is like Guru Ramdas, you know, it's like mm-hmm. serving the feet of the saints, you know, and I saw that and it kind of like quelled that any questions I had, because it was a very powerful dream. And, uh, and I still think about it now in light of everything happening. I'm like, but no, there's no way that like, yeah, he was doing all that stuff. <laughs> totally was. But and that's oh, good. It's crazy. Well, that, that's, that's an interesting, that's an interesting dream from what we know now too, because on a higher level, I mean, and it's like a soul being that, that what that is, that's every soul's motive, right? I mean, even if exactly. they're committing atrocities, they're pushing people to go through experiences, that totally. they, you know, um, that's interesting. That's really, yeah, that's super yeah. interesting. But then I, that's I actually, part of what do you do on the earth? You don't be like, okay, well, that's cool. Yeah. You can <laughs> abuse people for the evolution of whatever and well i think we tend i i think when we when we have those sorts of questions we tend to look backwards and we can't like we can't undo what he yeah yeah we can educate people and empower them to make better choices moving forward totally and you know teach our daughters that they are worthy of more than this we can yeah treat ourselves as if we're worthy than more of this you know but like we can't do anything about what yeah about what happened i had a really i had a really interesting experience with him because i heard about people having dreams about him and stuff and i never had any sort of connection to him um 
I was, uh, I really didn't like him, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> not not for any good reason, but I was like, you know, okay. I mean, th- grateful that, you know, grateful that I like this yoga, but you know, um, not too into listening to him talk or anything like that. Um, but I was in a breathwork session with my friend. She took me to this, uh, this guy in Phoenix who was from Sedona and I'm in the session and I'm having these like really weird, like bottle, like tetany. I don't know if you've ever done it really like, curious. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I was in, I was in such a good space from all the self-work I had done um, that I knew it was like, it was all love. So I wasn't getting scared. And I got this message and I could tell it was from Yogi Bhajan. This was before I knew about all this stuff too. And, and it was like, it was at a time where I was really conflicted because I was in a marriage, you know, someone, you know, me, you know, Hardy Bender, like um, we were both highly invested. We took Amrit, you know, we had like quote unquote committed, you know, yeah. but yet I just wasn't feeling it anymore. And he, he said to me, he said, this was, and I'm paraphrasing, but this was exactly where, where it was, it was the perfect stepping stone for you in that moment. Because if I had told you that you were perfect, you wouldn't have believed me. I needed to tell you that you had all this work that you needed to do on yourself so that you could grow, you know? Yeah. Um, you needed to think that you had all, you know, these strides to make. And, and I felt so good after that class. I felt like he had kind of freed me. Like yeah. I didn't have to think of this as like a, you know, a prison that I had locked myself into for the rest of my life. It could be like, you know, a, a nice, you know, bridge along the way that I, that yeah. I crossed, you know? Wow. And, and I think about that a lot because, and I've never shared, I never shared that on the podcast, but, um, I think about him as like, you know, I can still, I can relate to him in that, in that higher, in that higher level Yeah. as a human being, not, you know, that was not, that was not what was going on, Yeah. but you know, from like, from like a, this is what, you know, this is the soul that chose to incarnate in this fashion kind of yeah. way, you know? Yeah. Totally. Very totally. Different yeah. Experiences. And how to like hold those together and like, um, yeah, receive the the wisdom and the gifts and and yeah, blessing of that, and then also like the lessons and how to act and what to mm-hmm. do <laughs> with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Aww. Yeah. And one of them is just, is not to speak to people as if you know more than they do. Yes. <laughs> like I really, cause I felt like I really got that from teacher training. Like I was supposed to sit oh on a podium God. and tell people <laughs> how it is, you know? <laughs> and, and I, I was like, that you can, I can't, I can't keep relating to people like this. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. I have to assume that they have something to give me too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> God, totally. Yeah. 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 It's yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, so so much for for doing this and um, having this conversation with me. It was fun to catch up. My absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. And I feel like I kind of let myself talk because you were interviewing me. But all in all honesty, either on or off the record, I'm like, I want to hear all about. You and what's happening? <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. Well, yeah. 
why don't we why don't we say goodbye and and we can chat for a little bit okay <laughs> sounds good <laughs> um do you want to tell people how they can find you like how they can look up your music and uh sure yeah you can i mean pretty much like you can for anyone wh however you like to listen to music you can find it there so if if you're a um online streamer like spotify apple music and all that stuff um just go to butch and car so with a space in between uh and then my website uh, you can buy or, and or listen to my music on butchinmusic.com and then also like art and music and all of that stuff um, is kind of a longer one, but humanbeing.com, but spelled with H-U-E-M-A-N-B-E-I-N-G. Okay, I'll have those in the, in the cool. description box. Yeah. And I totally remembered that hue thing. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all yeah, will eventually get, I've, I've been very offline for a while, um, so I'll eventually get to like back how I'm going to interact with that world and like get my art up and music, but for now I'm just kind of on snow day, on a snow day, a long extended <laughs> snow day of creativity and contemplation and reflection. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Of creativity and contemplation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on and check yeah, out question everywhere that she is. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Inspired Artists. Please remember to subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps other people find it. Thanks.